coming up on the first Ride the Lightning of 2021, Made in China Model 3s and Model Ys get some design tweaks, a few high-profile music services appear to be on the way to your Tesla soon, more cities are adding Teslas to their police fleets, my thoughts on the new in-car UI, and more. What's happening, friends? Daisy the Boxer and I want to wish you a very happy new year. It is 2021. This is episode 283 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for January 3rd, 2021. I, of course, am Ryan McCaffrey. Thrilled to be joining you here. Uh, I am in a great mood to start the year. I'm recording on New Year's Day here on January 1st. Uh, I've had been very uh, fortunate to have a little bit of time off from work here and just been getting caught up on things. I've had plenty of time to work on the podcast. And I'll tell you, I said at the end of last week's show, I was a little bit worried that with the holiday week, there might not be a lot to talk about this week. Nope, that was not the case at all. There is plenty of awesome stuff to talk about. But, you know, looking at the whole year to come, it should be a very exciting 2021 in the world of Tesla, particularly in the second half because that is when we might not only have uh, enough vaccine distribution around the United States and hopefully the world to have uh, some big in-person Tesla events, and there should be a number of big monumental Tesla things coming up in the second half of 2021. You've got the grand openings of Giga Berlin and Giga Austin. You've got the Plaid Model S launch, You've got the Tesla Semi launch and the Cybertruck launch, which may end up being one in the same as the grand opening of Giga Austin. And of course, when the Cybertruck does launch, it is going to be the biggest headline generator of everything I just listed, more than all the rest of it put together. If the reaction to the an original Cybertruck unveiling in November of 2019 is any indication whatsoever. But then again, you know, I suspect the first half of the year will not be lacking in fun stuff to talk about either, because as we've seen, there really is never a dull moment in Teslaville. Now, on a related note, before I get started, I just wanted to say kudos to all of the Tesla employees around the world who worked super, super hard right up until midnight on December 31st. I heard from a few of them privately. Uh, they were all, they were very extremely busy just to, to squeeze in a quick text to me, but uh, they were all very excited about what they were doing. In fact, Elon emailed everyone at Tesla, sent out a company-wide email at 5.01 p.m. Pacific time on the 31st as one last motivational push and said, quote, thanks for going the extra mile and then some to make Tesla successful. We are super close to the 500,000 number, so every car counts. This will be a photo finish. Let me know if I can help in any way at your service, Elon. And uh, tune into next week's podcast because we should know by then if indeed they hit that big 500,000 goal, which they certainly would have done no problem, 
but the company was the factory, the, the Tesla factory in Fremont, that is, the Fremont factory, was shut down for six weeks, of course, as you'll remember. So we'll see if they manage to get there anyway in one week's time. All right, before we forge ahead into 2021, real quick, I thought it would be fun here. This surfaced on the Tesla Motors Reddit this week, so I want to tip my cap to them. Uh, the This goes back to 2014 on Fox Business News. Elon did an interview where he predicted that Tesla would sell, that would they would make 500,000 cars in the year 2020, and he did it in 2014. So here's the clip. I feel fairly comfortable with, uh, you know, where things are headed for, for this quarter. Uh, you've got uh, some some analysts, for example, the Deutsche Bank analyst, and he, he really, a lot of these guys are very yeah. bullish on it, and they, they predict that you would get about, I guess, uh, 100,000 in sales by 20, I mean, 27 days. What, what can we eventually expect when it comes to ramping up with the Gigafactory in place, the number of Teslas that you push off the assembly line? Well, I, I mean, I feel uh, uh, comfortable that we'll be able to achieve at least uh, half a million cars a year by 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, maybe we can do a bit sooner than that, but I think that's, uh, that's what I feel comfortable predicting. Now, again, you've got to put yourself back in the year 2014 to fully appreciate that. Remember that in 2014, that sounded insane to most of the world, uh, certainly most to most anybody outside of the the core Tesla community. 500,000 vehicles when, you know, uh, when the, the Model S was doing, at that point, maybe 25, maybe 30,000 cars a year, and the Model X was nowhere close to release yet at that point. So from where Elon was standing there, it was a, a 10 to 20x growth that he was forecasting for six years down the road. And, and then certainly the Model 3 at that point in time was just a line item on the secret master plan blog that Elon wrote on Tesla.com. And so, you know, quite honestly, and, and though I say this with full respect, while Elon is known for making his big plans come true, he isn't known for making them come true on the deadlines that he says they're going to happen on. But you know what? In this case, you got to give him the credit. He deserves the credit. Saying half a million cars six years ago when they were making one car in relatively low volume, well, that's a pretty darn impressive, correct prediction that he, he made there. So here's to one million in 2022 or maybe, maybe even this year. All right. On to the news for this week. If the recent refresh of the Model 3 was not enough, well, the Model 3 and the Model Y are getting even more updates in China. That's the caveat for now, because the Model Y has, as expected, just gone on sale there. They did not wait long. They, they are ready to roll, and the cars are rolling out of Shanghai, of, of Giga Shanghai, now they can be ordered, they can be purchased, they are being delivered. Now, just because these are only on the made in China vehicles does not mean we will never see them. In fact, history suggests that they will almost, these changes will almost certainly roll out to the Fremont built cars very soon. Here are the changes. Again, these are only in China for the moment, 
but should find their way stateside very soon. Number one, the big one that a lot of people have been requesting and clamoring for, a heated steering wheel. So yes, a heated steering wheel is finally coming to Tesla's entire fleet, not just the upscale Model S and Model X. Next, specific to the Model 3 performance, this one was uh, actually the most surprising to me out of any of these. The Performance Model 3 on the made in China, well actually, excuse me, on the the sold in China version because uh, the Model 3 Performance up until now actually wasn't made in China. It, was, it had been being sold there, but they were made here in California and shipped over. It was just the standard range plus threes and then the long range threes that were being made uh, in China. But now China's making all of the, making the whole line of Model 3 for China. And the Performance 3 had been getting the 19-inch Gemini wheels, which of course went on to become the default wheel of the Model Y. Well, now the Performance 3 is getting the Zero-G wheels, which are the same ones that you currently cannot buy over here. They're the same ones that I was extremely lucky to get uh, my hands on through the referral program. So if you've looked at my car on my Instagram page, that's what they look like, except here they're in, they're, they're a 20-inch wheel, 20-inch Zero-G wheel. It's called Zero-G. And in China, they are, just as with the Gemini, they are going with a 19-inch. So it's a 19-inch variant of the Zero-G wheel. Now, to me, that's extremely interesting in that uh, Tesla has shown no interest in offering a 19-inch wheel for the Model 3 performance over here in the United States. And in fact, uh, they just start, they just put a new wheel on the Performance 3 here in the U.S., the Uber Turbine wheel that came over from the Model Y. It's, it's 21 inch on the Model Y, it's 20 inch on the Model 3 here in the United States, but in China they will offer instead, in fact they don't, not offer, they are, that's what they're putting on, there's no choice. It's a 19 inch zero G wheel. So this one I kind of doubt is gonna come uh, over to the United States as an option, but don't rule it out, we'll see what happens. The next item, the Model Y is getting the new center console that just started going into the 2021 Model 3s built here in Fremont. Now, a thought occurred to me, just kind of a fun note and also simultaneously a case in point example of Tesla's rapidly iterative nature compared to the rest of the automotive industry that tends to operate on model years. The Model 3 is technically in its fourth year of production. It started production officially on, uh, what, what would that have been? That was July 30, the end of June or the end of July. Now I'm blanking out. But anyway, summer 2017, when the first cars were delivered to uh, insiders and employees, and they very, very slowly ramped production after that. But fourth year of production now, and it's already on its third iteration, third version of the center console. So that just gives you an idea of how quickly Tesla is moving forward. Uh, the next item also for Model Y, and in this case, only the Model Y. Again, the made in China version that I would expect to come over here very soon.
but the Model Y is getting bioweapon defense mode. The air filtration system found in the S and the X, it is an open question for now to see if that is going to find its way into the Model 3 at some point. Now, we know if you've if you've seen this, there have been pictures of this uh, online. If you've seen it before from uh, in the S and the X, the bioweapon defense filter, the physical filter is enormous. It is a gigantic thing. It's, it's like, it's probably two, three feet wide, more than two. It's probably th- three, four feet wide. It's just a big, big filter. So the Model Y, I mean, the Model Y is bigger than the Model 3, but it's not that much bigger. So I don't know if it doesn't come to the three, if it's a, if it's a physical limitation or what, but we'll have to see what happens on that one. And finally, most significant of all in terms of appearance, a bit of new interior styling for both the Model 3 and the Model Y. And it comes in the form, it's basically an extension of the dashboard that now sweeps around onto the door panels, coming down to a pointed end about halfway across your door panel. So basically, it now looks like your dashboard wraps 180 degrees around the driver before tailing off at each end. And yes, this is in both the black interior and the white, so either the wood trim envelops you if you've got the black interior or the white ceramic. I have to say, I'm very eager to see this in person sometime once it, again, almost inevitably makes its way over here because uh, just honestly, I'm not, and I don't say this critically, but just the the design studio photos from the, if you go on the Chinese Tesla design studio website, they don't really give you an idea of what that that new trim looks like while you're sitting in the car in the driver's seat. So... Again, look for all of these to come over to the U.S. built cars soon, probably within the next couple of months or so. And by the way, for current owners wondering about that heated steering wheel, because I know some of you right now are thinking, oh, I want that steering wheel in my car as soon as possible. I would think the odds are very good that you're going to be able to retrofit it into your car via a service center visit. It's honestly just a matter of how much Tesla charges for it. Now, that said, it's not a guarantee. It is possible, it's very possible, in fact, that the wiring harness could be different for that steering wheel uh, versus the the ones in our cars now, and thus uh, it may either be not possible at all or just overly difficult, and Tesla just will choose not to offer it. But if I'm, you know, my educated guess here, I think the odds are at least 50-50, if not better, in favor of those of you who who would want to go ahead and pay the, I want to say it's it's around, I want to say 500 for a steering wheel, because I heard of, who was it? It was uh, Leilani Munter, the, the race car driver, who, uh, it, when the vegan steering wheel came out, she's a vegan herself, uh, and she wanted that in her car, which her Model 3 which has a, which was an older one that had the, the leather wheel. She wanted the no animal products in her car, and she posted the invoice on the on there uh, to to prove to I guess uh, whatever. It's a long story, but anyway, yeah, I think it's around five hundred. Don't quote me, but give or take 
for a new wheel. So we'll see if Tesla's gonna offer it and then how much it will cost. So the changes keep right on coming for, uh, for everything in the world of Tesla. Next up this week, two more American cities are adding Teslas to their police cruiser fleets, which is great to hear. This first one comes from Tesmanian.com via Drive Tesla Canada. And Tesmanian writes, the California Reading Police Department will purchase a Tesla Model 3 Standard Range Plus as a service vehicle through the Reading Electric Utilities Greenhouse Gas-Funded Fleet Electrification Program. And yes, there are a lot of acronyms there. The, the, <laughs> the REU's GHF FEP, oh my goodness. Uh, at a recent city council meeting, the city council discussed a proposal to order a Tesla vehicle for the department. Reading PD hopes to add another electric vehicle to its fleet to help cut the amount of money spent on fuel and maintenance of gasoline vehicles. The Tesla vehicle will be used for patrol, parades, and social events. The total cost for the vehicle is estimated to be $55,000, which includes $10,000 to prepare and outfit the vehicle with emergency equipment, $3,000 to add RPD decals and wrap the vehicle, and $500 for a Tesla wall charger. The city said in a statement, quote, the total cost of the proposed vehicle is equivalent to the total cost of the most current patrol vehicles purchased by RPD. Additionally, various law enforcement agencies presently using a Tesla are realizing an average savings in fuel and maintenance cost of between seven dollars and $9,000 annually. And then they added, quote, after careful consideration, the Tesla Model 3 was found to be the best option for the specific intended use based on the vehicle's design features, currently uh, used as a, p a patrol vehicle with other agencies, availability of emergency equipment, feasibility for the assignment, and the cost of the vehicle. Base price for the Tesla is $37,990 before taxes and fees. And the second city there. I mentioned uh, two, and the second one is Spokane, Washington. This story was reported by Clean Technica, who writes, the Spokane Police Department will buy four Tesla Model Y vehicles as per the city council's orders. Despite the advice of city officials, the council voted earlier this, uh, not earlier this week, but I guess when, a week ago, to purchase the vehicles which overrode a plan to buy two hybrid and two traditional gas-powered vehicles. The Spokesman Review, uh, which is the local paper there, noted that the Spokane City Council actually forced the Spokane Police Department to purchase the Model Ys. Council President Brianne Beggs was the force behind the Tesla purchase. He bemoaned the city's hesitation to build out EV infrastructure despite a state law requiring local governments to start replacing old vehicles with electric models, quote, to the extent practicable, is that a word? <laughs> it's quoted there, by 2018. However, he still has hope that the EVs will do well for the police department, saying, quote, this is a great time to pilot this and see how it works. It would take essentially one charger to be installed. Following the city vote, city spokeswoman Marlene Feist noted that the administration is planning on its next steps moving forward, quote, 
The administration remains concerned about this purchase because of the high cost and lack of EV charging infrastructure to support these vehicles, as well as the time that they would be unavailable for use due to charging, she said. The four Model Y vehicles will cost around $418,088, and a grant will cover $200,000 of that cost. Well, I have to say, uh, number one, it's good that these are happening. I'm glad to see more police departments going electric. But uh, what jumped out at me here comparing these two stories, it's a bit odd to me that Spokane is estimating that they'll spend over a hundred grand each on four Model Y, while Redding is ballparking 55 grand for their Model 3. Now, I know we're comparing, it's not quite apples to apples here. This is a standard range plus Model 3 versus a long range all-wheel drive Model Y, but the difference in the base price of those cars is 12 grand. The total cost is almost double in in Spokane, uh, you know, the um, a stock Model Y versus the Spokane Police Department Model Y versus in Redding, the a, a stock Model 3 Standard Range Plus versus what they're going to be getting. So uh, that's that was very strange to me. But anyway, uh, it is good to see some Spokane city leadership acting with conviction there and forging ahead with it. And and the reason that Councilman Beggs gave, honestly, it was a simple and straightforward one, saying, quote, you know, paraphrasing here, let's give it a try. I mean, that was the message. And obviously, as a Tesla enthusiast, I like it. I certainly like it. I, I applaud it. I think it's great. And I do suspect that in about a year's time, the doubters on that city council in Spokane will come around. Next story this week. Uh, Remember not too long ago when I mentioned how I thought that more in-car music options might be coming because the new menu for it in the car allows you to choose up to seven media sources and there were only six total at the time? Well, it looks like I was right on the money about that one. Our white hat hacker friend Green the Only took to Twitter to, uh, to, he posted a picture of a mile-long list, not a mile-long list, but a list of uh, media sources that he found in the in the firmware code, as he does as a hacker, and posted a picture of it. And I'll read them. Uh, I'll read the new ones to you in a second. But he said, "Quote: Who knows when it actually comes? Title is the next one, I think, because it actually started to get things populated." He's referring to entries in the back end. And again, as I said, he even posted a screenshot showing the list of everything that's on his car, uh, on or rather on his in-car screen, I should say. And the list, so um, I know that Pandora is considered old and lame by a lot of the youth out there, and, uh, and, and Spotify is where it's at, but I guess... I am. I'm getting old, right? I'm a 40 year old guy now. So I have to say, I love Pandora. I've been a subscriber, you know, it's what's five bucks a month for the premium, you know, no ad version with unlimited skips. And I love it. I've had the premium account now for several years. And I like it because I've really, I've put in the time over the years to train it with exactly the, the bands and the songs that I like. 
And now it's kind of like my own custom Ryan radio stations. Like this is KRJM radio. Or I guess if you're on the East coast, the East of the Mississippi, it would be, this is WRJM radio. Anyway, uh, some of you, I realize may be young enough. We are like, what are you even talking about? And because kids, nobody listens to, does anybody listen to the radio anymore? Everybody's on, I mean, Tesla owners have the, the streaming internet options, but anyway, um, so Pandora is in there and it's worth noting that Pandora is now owned by Sirius XM. So maybe just maybe the model three and the Y will get Sirius XM as an app, an official app in the car because of course the S and the X have always had Sirius XM support via an actual satellite, a physical satellite radio antenna built into the cars. But hey, I mean, these days, the Sirius XM app is the same functionality as the actual physical satellite uh, puck. So uh, either way, I would personally love that because I still have a a lifetime subscription to Sirius XM that paid for itself many times over that I bought with my last car. I bought it new on my last car in 2006. And so even though the car's gone, I still have the subscription via the Sirius XM app. I can still use it. So of course, I, and I hope, I hope wherever my old car is now that has that lifetime subscription on it, I hope that the new owner has figured out that there's satellite radio in it that they can use. Uh, anyway, you probably want to know what the other new music services are. Uh, the big news for, uh, I think, a lot of people is Apple Music. Now, I haven't personally used that one, but Apple Music is is certainly one of the bigger players, so I, sh- I suspect that will make a lot of folks happy, just as Pandora will make me happy. Uh, oh, Audible. Audible is on there too. I know a lot of folks out there love listening to audiobooks in the car, so that should be a welcome one as well. And to round out the list, the other new one is Amazon Music. So uh, that should hopefully please some people as well. And uh, since Green the Only does have a screenshot of all this in the UI, like not any sort of you know, behind the scenes, unfinished firmware. It was like a proper screenshot of a very polished looking UI. Hopefully all of this is coming very soon. Uh, Maybe it's even going to be in that holiday update part two that Elon talked about, where he said that they couldn't get everything they wanted into the holiday update from last week and that there'd be another update with some more stuff coming soon. But but there you go. So Pandora, Apple Music, uh, Audible, and Amazon Music, plus, you know, Tidal, which we already knew about. So those five are coming to the cars seemingly very soon. As for the full self-driving city streets beta that is ongoing in a, with a, within a, a relatively small pocket of public uh, testers, We've got an update on that beta program. Elon was asked, when will you expand the full self-driving beta to the rest of the early access program? Of course, some of you out there are in the uh, the formal early access program, which is currently not uh, the one and the same as the full self-driving beta. And Elon did respond to that saying, quote, 
A few more revisions needed, probably beta 10 or 11. Now, uh, at this point, I can say, you know, again, what I talked about earlier in the podcast when, when we were, I was playing the clip of the interview from 2014 where Elon predicted 500,000 uh, cars made in 2020, he doesn't always, he, he does the thing that he says, the big idea that he puts out there, it just doesn't always happen on the timeline that he says. Well, this Elon had said, I mean, he didn't, he didn't promise or anything. There was no like blood oath, but the initial hope was that we would all have that city streets, full self-driving software package by now that we would have had it by the end of 2020. That did not happen, but I am confident. I will say I am confident that it's going to roll out wide sometime in Q1. I I don't think it'll necessarily be January, but I think it's going to, I feel pretty good about Q1. Again, it makes a ton of sense for revenue reasons because they'll be able to recognize additional revenue from the uh, full self-driving software package on the books for Q1. And uh, they are also, if you watch the videos of of the beta, t- the, the ones that the beta testers are putting up of, of, you know, torture testing the cars in difficult situations, they Tesla clearly is making really good progress from build to build here. So it's just, to me, I think it's just a question of when in Q1. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily hold my breath that it's imminent for the rest of us based on that tweet because new builds have been approximately every one to two weeks. So that means just trying to extrapolate that from what Elon said on Twitter, which again is not an exact science, but if we just go off of that, it probably means that it, the beta won't make it to the early access folks for another three to six weeks or so since they're on beta eight right now. And Elon said it would go out to the early access t- folks in beta 10 or 11. And therefore, uh, I think February or March probably seems more likely for the majority of us to get it. But again, that's just my guess. We'll see what happens on a similar note. Uh, the, you know, I read you the, the Elon email from 5 PM on December 31st, trying to encourage and thank all of the hardworking Tesla employees who are trying to get as many cars delivered by midnight to count for 2020. Well, Elon uh, did pull a last second demand lever the last few days of 2020, presumably of course to try and push Tesla over that big 500,000 mark, that delivery threshold. On December 29th, Elon tweeted, quote, all Tesla cars delivered in the final three days of the year will get three months of the full self-driving option for free. Delivery and documents must be fully complete by midnight on December 31st. Well, uh, we know from years past that the Tesla always tends to do a, you know, just come down and buy one of the new cars we made right off the assembly line kind of pushes at the end of a quarter, particularly the end of Q4, the end of the year. So, uh, you know, you don't, the, the end of Q4 is the time, if you just want to impulse buy a brand new car as opposed to an inventory car or a pre-owned car, the end of Q4 is your best time to do that. Because Tesla just, you know, they crank the assembly line as fast as possible. They just pump the cars out 
get them to stores and they just put them up for sale and people can walk right in off the street and buy them. So um, that said, if you were a la- so if you were a last second buyer this year, number one, welcome. Uh, number two, you might have gotten this three free months of the full self-driving option if you happen to take delivery. Uh, but also, you know, it's certainly possible that you may have placed your order some weeks ago and you happened to take delivery in the last three days of, of December, and thus you will get the benefit of those three free months of the full self-driving option as well. The question now is pretty obvious. Does that three-month trial mean that the subscription option that's been talked about for a while, I talked about it on last week's podcast, will that subscription option come online no later than April 1st of this year? Now, I suppose the answer is not necessarily. There's there's certainly nothing stopping Tesla from just turning off those three-month trials after March 31st when they expire. But since we do know that the subscription option is coming soon, it does stand to reason that it's going to come online sometime in Q1 to allow for these end of December cars to to then have two options to continue paying for the full self-driving when their trial ends, either paying the $10,000 lump sum or subscribing to the new subscription option whatever the price of that ends up being. Uh, the, the One of the thought I had on this was, I wonder how many cars were affected by this. Like how many people benefited from this little demand lever? Like how many cars did Tesla actually deliver in the last three days of the quarter? Like we never get those kind of nitty gritty numbers. I would be curious. Like is it is it a couple thousand? I mean, is it, 10,000? Like, I, I just kind of, I suppose if I really sat and chewed on it for a while, I could probably come up with a more educated guess, but I'm not really sure. I, I Nothing would really surprise me, I guess, uh, on, on what that number would actually be. Uh, one more bit from Elon on Twitter. He was responding to my friend Ben Sullins, who, who of course has a, a Tesla YouTube channel all about data and economics. But he was responding to Ben where Ben, as a Model S owner, gave some constructive criticism on specifically the instrument cluster UI, the the binnacle, you know, the the display in front of the driver that the S and the X have on the new 2020.48.26 software that that gave us a UI refresh. Ben was making some constructive uh, criticism, giving some feedback, and Elon responded to Ben saying, quote, we need a UI overhaul. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily disagree. I think it would be good to see Tesla just completely rethink the UI from the ground up now that they have the computational power of hardware three in basically all the cars. I mean, effectively, everybody that's paying, you know, for full self-driving is is upgraded uh, and then all just the, the new cars for the last, well, almost two years now just have it anyway, regardless of whether or not they paid for the full self-driving package. So you've got you've got the hardware in the cars and you also have the aforementioned city streets full self-driving package getting ready to roll out wide as well. So it, it does seem like a good time for a ground up rethink of the Tesla UI. 
And I gotta wonder, I wonder if the design team is exploring the Cybertruck demo UI as a fully fred, fully fledged, pardon me, product at all. Because I really liked how uh, some of the ideas there, I mean, granted, I haven't driven with that interface, so I don't know how it actually functions as a driver, but I really liked how they had all the icons over on the left rail closest to the driver rather than the bottom rail. And the uh, the other cool thing that that demo UI had in the Cybertruck was a kind of a more of a 3D navigation map. That was pretty cool, too. Anyway, uh, speaking of that new UI that most of you should have by now, I finally got it uh, two days ago. But uh, if you'll humor me here for a few minutes, I wanted to give you my initial feedback on this redesigned UI because it's been the subject of a lot of spirited discussion in the community since it's come out. And I'll just caveat this by saying these are just my first impressions. I've only done two or three drives with it so far, but I've logged some miles. So um, I will say overall, I don't dislike it as strongly as some others in the community seem to, but I nevertheless, I do have a few constructive suggestions here. Number one, and I actually had thought of this, I ha I've had this thought for a while, since this isn't specific to this new UI, but I would like to see the, uh, the fan icon on the bottom center of the screen for the HVAC system. I would like to see that that fan icon be either blue or red when it's turned on to indicate not only that it's on, but whether or not it's blowing warm air or cool air for folks like me that tend to just leave it set to auto, but with a temperature, like my preferred temperature, I keep it, I, I leave it at 69 degrees in the car most of the time. Uh, so sometimes it's gonna warm up to that, other times it's gonna cool down to that. Uh, and I, I've never liked how, like at a glance, I don't, I can't necessarily tell if it's on or not. Like you might not could stick my hand up and try and feel the air, but you know, when you, when it's off, it's gray, it's sort of a dark gray. And when it's on, it's black and it's, it's not really super obvious. I, I think just that little bit could go a long way of, you know, again, using a color Blue, f blue for on blowing cool air, red for on blowing warm air, or maybe if they wanted to do a little more, a little more subtly than that, just do it as an outline, a blue outline around the black fan icon or a red outline. That's my constructive bit of feedback on that. Uh, next total little thing here. I probably don't really care about this, but I'm going to just offer it anyway. Uh, I would like to see the battery icon go back to being green. They've changed it to black, as you've probably noticed. I mean, they've already got a second color on the UI, which is blue that's used for autopilot indicators. And actually, technically, there's a third color. There's red. There is red as well. If you turn your seat heater on, those icons are still red. Not the seats themselves, but the little heat, the, you know, the, the three heat icons. Those are red. So, uh, I would like to see the battery icon go green again. Third, the backup camera view is noticeably smaller now than before because the driving visualization takes up more space now. And here's the thing. 
all of our cars, whether you've got the S3, X, or Y, they all have big screens. So I would like to humbly suggest to Tesla, let's use them. Uh, I would like to have a larger backup camera view. Just, just have it overlap the driving visualization on the left side of the screen a bit. I know maybe a UI designer, if, if there, there may be UI designers listening to this that are that cringe and go, oh, no, that's don't do that. That's going to be ugly. That's going to be cluttered and bad. But it, the thing is, it wouldn't really matter for when you're backing up, which is when you really need the largest camera rear view camera display possible. Because, you know, the, the car visually, all you're looking for there is just the, the parking sensor indicators around, you know, immediately around the, the car visualization on the left side of the screen. You don't need to see anything else. You don't need to see other cars. Or, you know, you're just, you're just having, wanting the parking sensors there. So have the camera view be bigger when it's in reverse. That would be my suggestion there. And, and quite honestly, if you decide to turn it on while, while you're driving, which I actually do from time to time to either check my blind spot. Actually, the, the time I most, I turn it on at pretty much every intersection that I'm stopped at because I, want, I always check the car behind me to make sure they're going to stop. And because, you know, you never know when somebody might not be paying attention and come in too fast or, you know, it, I don't want I don't want I don't want to get rear ended if I can avoid it. In fact, I have one dash cam clip saved where uh, I was waiting in a, a left turn lane and I put on the backup camera and I just, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'll just I'll look down as the car behind me, you know, as a car behind me comes in and approaches behind me. And I'll tell you, uh, there was this was this was what this was maybe like two months ago, and a guy came in real hot behind me, like real hot to the point where I I lunged the car forward because I always make sure I leave enough space between me and the car in front of me where I can move forward if I have to. And sure enough, this guy came in real hot, uh, and I I moved the car forward and I went back and I looked at the video, and I'm he. I think he might not have actually hit me, but it would have been really, really, really close. So anyway, I'm getting off track. That's what I use the backup camera for other than actually backing up. I'd like to see them go back to a larger backup camera view, uh, regardless of, of the use case. Because again, we have big screens in these cars. We're very blessed with them. There's no need to artificially limit the size of the backup camera view on these giant screens. Uh, next, I want to say uh, a, a something I'm really fond of, but there's just a little tweak I'd like to suggest within it. I absolutely love now on, on the new version that if you do have the backup camera up or, or any other application up on the right side of the screen... That would, th- that would thus cover your turn-by-turn directions, the next turn directions move over to the left side of the screen. But the thing is, it shows two. It shows your next one and the one after that, which is great, except that the second one is messy. It shows up down in the, the, uh, the driving visualization, and it can have other stuff on top of it, like, you know, 
other car renders or a stop sign or other things. It's It just looks messy the way it is right now. So I think there's probably a way to have two the next two things, the next two turns cleanly instead of just uh, having one, one clean one, one messy one. But the current implementation of it is, in my opinion, a bit cluttered. All right, I'm realize I'm, I'm taking wait, I'm taking forever on this, so let me move on. Uh, the speedometer, as you've noticed, is smaller on the Model Three and the Model Y. I can't speak to the S and the X, but um, I think I'll be okay with that. I, I'm not here to just outright criticize that. I, I will say I do like that it's in the actual upper left corner now, closer to the driver than it was before. But what, what I would like to say about it is that. Uh, I think it might be a little small for some drivers. It's definitely smaller. And what I would like to humbly recommend to Tesla here is something that uh, you, my wonderful listeners, have called in with previously. This is not my idea. This is not an original idea. And this is certainly something that a number of people have have called for. An accessibility mode, accessibility options that offer an option, not a, not a, you know, requirement, but a choice to have larger font sizes all over the UI, not just the speedometer, but would really like to see Tesla do that. Uh, and then finally, I'll say that there is currently a lot of blank white space at times in that display because the driving visual- visualization takes up more of the screen now. And without the full self driving city streets beta, only the cars in either adjacent lane on your left or on your right, those are the only ones that render on the screen. Now, as you may have seen, if you've looked at any of the the many, many, many full self-driving beta videos, that software renders everything happening around you. It renders cars two lanes over, three lanes over, cross-lane traffic, cross-traffic. It renders everything. So I think once the city streets full self-driving software does roll out wide and everyone's car is showing a lot more going on on the screen, I think the new UI will look better overall. All right. I've got one more story for you this week. Wow. I've been talking for a very, very long time. Tesla will reportedly enter another major market in 2021, and that market is India. I want to thank my uh, listener, Gautham. I, if I've mispronounced that, I sincerely apologize. Uh, please cr- write, let me know if, I, if I'm wrong on that so I can learn and get it right next time. But the report that Gautham sent in comes from WION News, and the story is as such. Union Minister for Road, Transport, and Highways, Nitin Gadkari, again, apologies if I've gotten that wrong, Uh, confirmed that American electric vehicle company Tesla will begin its operations in India in early 2021. The confirmation comes after a report by ET Auto claimed that Tesla will launch the Model 3 in India in June, and the bookings for the Model 3 will begin from next month, meaning uh, actually January this month. It uh, It also said that the company will start deliveries at the end of the first quarter of 2021, Uh, quote, India is going to become a number one manufacturing hub for auto in five years, Godkari said in a recent interview with the Indian Express. Now, we know that India wants a gigafactory. They have said it. 
And Elon has said that it makes sense for Tesla to produce cars locally wherever possible in order to cut down on both the expense and the carbon footprint of transporting manufactured vehicles all around the world for delivery. So that India Gigafactory may still come, but for now, it appears as though Tesla will officially enter the India market very soon. And India, if I have my Google Google correct here, India is a right-hand drive country. So uh, I wonder if Giga Shanghai, until the day that a uh, Giga India comes online, I wonder if Giga Shanghai is going to be tasked with fulfilling orders from India, just given that they are the geographically closest Tesla Gigafactory. But uh, regardless, this is absolutely excellent news. And I have to say, I... I honestly have, I mean, I, I pride myself on trying to be as as researched and knowledgeable on Tesla as possible. I have to say, I honestly just have no idea what the demand for Tesla in India might be, and thus what the overall impact on Tesla's business that country could have. But what I know for sure is that it's always good news to have Tesla move into a new market that they have not previously operated in. All right, uh, that will wrap it up for the news. I think I've got time for just a couple of phone calls because I've been talking for a while. I want to be respectful of your time here. So stick with me. I'll come back with the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your time to call in and be part of the podcast, which I love. I invite you in. I'd love to hear from you. You can call in in one of two easy ways. Maybe you want to react to something you heard me talk about that's happening in the world of Tesla or react to something another caller said. Whatever the case, dial me up anytime One of two easy ways. Either way, please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers as possible each week. Again, I'm only just going to do a couple this week, but I promise I'll do more calls next week. So do please keep those calls coming. So you can call in by either recording your question via your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, and then you can just email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can send that same question in via the ride the lightning hotline just call in and leave a message that's all you're doing the number is toll free and it's 1-888-989-8752 that number one more time is 1-888-989-TSLA and if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special the recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more so again i welcome your calls and also just wanted to note that the patreon bonus show should be up now, hopefully by the time any of you hear this, for those of you at the ludicrous tier or higher. And if it's not up now, it should be up by Sunday. My intention is to do it uh, tomorrow, with my tomorrow, which is Saturday. So that is the plan. Look out for that. All right, Darren from D.C. is up first. Go ahead, Darren. 
Hey there, Ryan. This is Darren from DC. Hope you're doing well and that you and your family had a wonderful holiday. I own a very early build Model Y in the VIN range of the upper 400s. When I took delivery of the vehicle, I noticed that the car wasn't making any noises whatsoever and suspected that my car didn't have the pedestrian warning system installed. At first, I thought that the speaker was disabled, but come to find out, it's not included on early build Model Ys. Now, I really do love the fact that the car is silent, but there have been multiple occasions in which someone almost walks into my car as I am driving in a parking lot because they aren't paying attention or they simply can't hear the vehicle. In light of that, I'm really thinking that Tesla should retrofit the pedestrian warning system into the cars that can support the speaker now that we have the boombox feature in this holiday update. Is this something that I can also call Tesla and have them install for me? I would also be willing to pay for such a thing if it were an option. The last time I spoke to a Tesla service rep, he stated that it's only available on the 2021 Model Ys. Honestly, I'm really bummed that my 2020 almost brand new car can't support a feature that Tesla's been installing in their cars since late 2019. Apparently, all 2020 Model Ys built before September have the wiring harness installed in the car, but not the speaker itself. I have no doubt that you're getting a ton of phone calls about this topic this week because of that lit holiday update. Love to hear your thoughts. Take care now and happy electric motoring. Darren, thank you for the kind words. And to your topic, it's funny you should bring this up because I happen to be walking somewhere very recently, like in, seriously in the last week or two, uh, when a Model Y went by slowly. Like, I can't remember if it was a parking lot or if I was out walking Daisy somewhere or what, but I remember stopping to think, wait a second, I thought every Tesla built from September of 2019 onwards had the pedestrian speaker and thus the low speed sounds, either in forward or reverse. So then I thought maybe, well, maybe that person just disconnected theirs. I mean, hey... I, I'm very fortunate. I get to see Model Ys every time I drive around here in the San Francisco area. They're getting quite common. But I'm rarely around them when they're moving at low speed and I'm not in my own car with the windows up, i.e. it's not often where I'm in a position that I would actually hear the pedestrian warning system. So that is to say, your call is new information for me. So thank you very much for that. Uh, I find this whole thing surprising, though, because I thought it was required by law for all electric vehicles to have this system in place by now. But uh, let me know what Tesla says about retrofitting yours. I very much doubt they would do it for free since it's not an advertised feature of the car. I mean, unless the government stepped in and made them retrofit it, that's possible, I guess. But um, you did say you'd be willing to pay for it. So I would be curious to hear if Tesla is willing to do that for a fee. Uh, Elon was asked about that this week, and he responded saying, quote, service might be able to do this. We'll check. So we'll see what happens there. And regardless, Darren, I am very happy to have learned something new today about the early Model Y fleet. So thank you. And I'm going to take one other call for this week, and I promise I'll get to more calls next week again. Please keep them coming. I would love to get uh, your opinions on the new UI and, and stuff you heard about on this week's show and et cetera, et cetera. So keep those calls coming. But I'll also hear before we move on here from Brad in Rochester, New York. Go ahead, Brad. Hey, Ryan. Curious about your thoughts on being able to do a factory pickup. I'm buying a Cybertruck, and I'd love to actually go there and get it. 
you think they're going to allow that? You think it's going to be easy? Or am I totally out of my, my mind here? Thanks, man. Take care. Brad, thank you very much for your call. And if you're curious how I know his name is Brad, he identified himself in a follow-up call. Uh, anyway, Brad, to answer your question, I think the odds of this are exceptionally good with one major caveat that we'll, we should see some resolution on or not very soon. And let me explain here. So the reason that I think there's a high probability of this is because Elon has already talked about how the Giga Texas facility is intended to be part of a public space. It's right along the river there. They want to make it part of the community, which, in my humble opinion, is awesome. I love that. I love that it's not just going to be a, a warehouse in the corner of town somewhere. So I love what they're doing. Now, because of that, because of them wanting it to be you know, part of the community, a pu- part of a public space, and given the fact as well that a lot of trucks are sold in Texas, it would make a ton of sense for Tesla to offer a factory pickup option at Giga Texas. They're going to have plenty of space, unlike Fremont, uh, which if you've ever seen Fremont, it is at this point figuratively bursting at the seams as far as the parking lot goes, there is no parking. Like there are so many employees and there, there's the row of superchargers that are public and the parking lot is just overflowing there. It, and that's why uh, they don't do factory deliveries at the test at the Fremont factory anymore. They used to. And in fact, I was really looking forward to doing a factory pickup for my model three but they had stopped doing it sometime, I think, around the start of Model 3 production, somewhere around there. Uh, but, but yeah, by the time I took delivery in summer of 2018, it was no longer a thing. Now, uh, as for the one major caveat that I hinted at earlier, that would be Texas state law. Currently, a Tesla cannot be, quote unquote, sold in Texas because of the dealership laws that are in place there. You buy your Tesla online, and my understanding is that you have to pay for it in full before the car will be shipped out from California, uh, and then it will begin its delivery uh, route to you. It will begin its shipping process from California out to find you in Texas. As I've said before, I am optimistic that this law is going to change as part of a, you know, informal handshake agreement that Elon hopefully made with the governor of Texas as part of the arrangement to bring a gigafactory to Texas. And as you'll recall, uh, I asked Elon that very question. I, I put this to the man directly at Battery Day, if you recall, and he gave a very optimistic answer. So... Um, I, I did double check this. The Texas lawmakers, Texas legislation, uh, their legislative session is this month. They're, they're meeting this month here in January. So hopefully we see that get done. And that legislative session runs from January 12th. So coming up uh, in a little, about a week or so until May 31st. And that's it. If they do not amend that law or make some kind of exception for Tesla by May 31st, though, then you will probably not get to do a factory pickup because I also learned 
that the Texas state legislature only meets every other year. Their next session after this one that's about to start isn't until January of 2023. So fingers crossed for good news for Tesla and all of you out there, Brad and everybody else that would want to go do factory delivery in Austin for your Cybertruck. All right, I'll just do those two calls. I promise I'll get to more of you next week. Keep your calls coming. I gave you the call and info at the top of the segment. I would love to hear from you. Stick with me, though. I've got your pro tip of the week and some more coming up right after this. Well, real quick, before the pro tip of the week, I'll tell you what's been going on with my car this week. And there are a couple of unfortunate things that have been going on with my car this week. Uh, I managed to idiotically damage my own paint protection film ever so slightly after there was an attempted break-in in my garage. Yes, uh, here in San Francisco, there is, uh, well, this is a whole other podcast, really, but let's just say uh, there has been a rash of attempted garage break-ins. And what they do, if you're not familiar with this, if you live in an, uh, <laughs> a place where this is not happening, that which I am envious of, uh if you have gl like glass windows at the top of your garage door, which I do, they break the 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 most the middlemost glass, and then they stick a hook through from outside to try and hook on and grab onto your emergency or the manual release pull cord. Uh, and if they can grab that and pull that, it lifts your garage door up. You know, it releases it manually, and then they can just lift the garage door up in the middle of the night while you sleep, come in and, and rob you blind. Well, uh, thankfully, I had heard about this phenomenon from a neighbor of mine recently. So a couple months ago, I had, as soon as he told me this, I went down and I uh, wrapped, I took my manual pull cord and I wrapped it super tight around the, you know, support arm that of the garage door opener. So, so it just, it wouldn't pull if you, you know, it's just, it's completely wrapped around. There's no way for it to pull. Uh, so yeah, they, they broke my window, tried to get in, thankfully did not, but I had a pile of glass, uh, inside and outside and some of it got on the, landed on the, the trunk lid of the car. Now, like an idiot, I had, so I had a, I had a, a, a doctor's appointment I had to go to when I had seen this and, and thus had to clean it up and go. I was an idiot. And I'm, I just, I grabbed a little like small broom and I'm like, I'll just kind of lightly just sweep it off, sweep it off. Dumb move, which I realized about 10 minutes later, uh, the glass, enough of the glass, they just put little cuts, just little cuts into the paint protection film, which thankfully at least it was the film and not the paint. But then, of course, you know, 10 minutes later, I realized, hey, dum-dum, talking to myself, just get the shop vac and suck up the glass bits. So that was what I should have done. So anyway, I got the window repaired. And uh, yeah, now I have a nice little, <laughs> I man still managed to, I managed to come out of it <laughs> even worse than, but at least my home didn't, my garage was not broken into. But anyway... And then, random fluke thing, 
one of my zero-G wheels, talking about the zero-G wheels earlier on this podcast, I noticed a spot on it, and I went to, I was like, oh, that spot's not coming off. A rock, it must have been a rock, something impacted the wheel right near the lip on the on one of the, the rear wheels and just put a big divot in it, like put a big chunk like there's, so that was, that was a bummer that those, I mean, those wheels only have pff, a few thousand miles on them at the most. You know, I just got them a few months ago. So uh, that was a bummer. I don't know if like a good wheel shop could kind of fill that in and maybe like just paint over this, that little spot. And anyway, that was nothing I can do about that. Right. That's just road hazard. That's just, you can't, you can't uh, protect against that, but kind of a bummer. So anyway, that's what's up with my car this week. Uh, let me do the pro tip of the week. Now, this one comes from regular caller JF from Montreal. Hey Ryan, Jeff here again from Montreal with the pro tip. Uh, I really like the mirror auto tilt feature when in reverse to help avoid curb rash, but I found it annoying when trying to parallel park and couldn't see oncoming traffic from the driver's side mirror. I just wanted to share that it's possible to only program the curb side mirror to tilt or to have the driver's side mirror tilt less for those who occasionally park on the driver's side of one-way streets. Also, friendly reminder for the folks in winter climates to disable that mirror auto tilt, but also auto fold, as well as automatic wipers for the winter months, if you don't want to risk burning a motor. As a related feature request, I wish the car would automatically set the wipers in service mode when the car is parked at below freezing temperatures. That way, the wipers are high enough on the windshield to benefit from the amazingly quick defrost capability of the car. Love the show. Take care. I did not know that you could do individual tilt settings on the side view mirrors. Thank you so much for calling in, JF. I appreciate it. Uh, also, I think your feature suggestion is a good one and one that the California Tesla engineers probably wouldn't have on their list on their own. So good of you to put it out there. And if you, if anybody else out there has a cool pro tip, I'd love to hear from you. You can call in with it the same way, you know, one of the same two ways that you dial in to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Mm -hmm. And with that, as Daisy the Boxer snores to my left, uh, I will mention a few friends of the podcast here that maybe can help you out, and then I will hit the road. So first, abstractocean.com. As I lovingly say, the Costco of Tesla accessories, they have got it all from the new rear footwell lighting kit, which is especially awesome in the Model Y, the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, the cool Roadster-style TESLA lettering you could put on the back of your 3 or Y. I've seen that on a number of cars around the San Francisco area. I think that looks it looks really sharp. Uh, tempered glass screen protectors for the center screen, the uh, center console wraps as well to eliminate the very fingerprint and scratch-prone original versions of the uh, Model Y and Model 3 center console. Anyway, all that and much more at abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. And RTL Podcast, that's all one word. Meanwhile, the snap plate for those of you that need a front license plate but hate it and want to be able to take it off quickly for when you don't really need it. So if you know, you're going to be parking at a parking meter or you're going to be going through a toll booth and you got to have it on there, 
but other times maybe you wanna be able to easily take it off. The snap plate is for you. Get yours for any of the four Tesla vehicles at livingtesla.com slash RTL. That's livingtesla.com slash RTL. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. The shipping is free anywhere in the United States or a, a modest shipping fee if they're shipping uh, internationally, but they will take care of you for quite some time really for the long foreseeable future, much longer than a standard USB flash drive because the pure Tesla kit is reading and writing to micro SD, which is much more reliable for this use case over the long term. Get yours in 128 gigabyte or 256 gigabyte at puretesla.com slash RTL. I've got the 128 in my car. It's just $49, pretty, uh, pretty small price to pay for a a lifetime of good, reliable dash cam usage. Jada has the wireless charging pad for the Model 3 and the USB hub for the 3 and the Y. If uh, you'd like to pick either of those up, don't forget to use the Ride the Lightning coupon code. It's just Ride the Lightning, all one word, get you 10 bucks off, so don't miss that. Uh, all I humbly ask of you here is that you use my referral link so that they know that you came from this podcast and uh, they'll throw me a couple of bucks from the sale. That referral link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. I've said this before, I'll say it again. In my opinion, the wireless charging pad is the best accessory that you can buy for uh, your model, for, for your Tesla. Of course, the new 3s and Ys, as well as S and X, all the new Teslas have it built in, but there are many hundreds of thousands of us that did not get it built in. So if you are in my group, I highly recommend the Jada wireless charging pad, but the USB hub's pretty cool too. So check those out. And then finally, Immaculate Reflections. Uh, the wonderful detailing talents of Jeff McGovern. He's a wonderful person, a wonderful detailer. If you are going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area with your car and would like perhaps paint correction to take away some of those either accumulated flaws or factory flaws in the paint or both that happen over time, uh, he's very good at that. He did it to my car. Uh, there's also, of course, ceramic coating, which is like a a, th a five-year wax. You don't have to wax it for the next three to five years. Water will just bead off of your car. It's fantastic. Or uh, And or maybe you want to do some paint protection film, maybe on the front of the car, maybe on the whole car. Mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there's a discount waiting for you. So you can learn more and get in touch with Jeff on his website, which is irdetailing.com, as in Immaculate Reflections. irdetailing.com. Dot com. And finally this week, as a new year kicks off, uh, allow me, if you would, to mention my Patreon. That is the primary way through, through which you can choose, if you like, totally your choice, to support my efforts with this podcast uh, now for the 283 weeks. <laughs> as I've, well, plus the couple of bonus shows. I've not, not the Patreon ones, but the other special shows. I've done what, 200, I think I've done now 285 episodes in 284 weeks. 
Very proud of that. Always want to keep this podcast going. I'm trying to make it better every week. You know, just uh, all kinds of little things. Believe me, I think about this podcast a lot. Uh, and I do take a lot of pride in making it as good as possible, as informative as possible, as fun as possible. I've said before, I want it to feel like a one-hour Tesla radio show each and every week, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, and if you're willing and able to support me via Patreon, I would sincerely appreciate that. The support tiers start at just five bucks a month, or there are annual options. If you just want to pay in a lump sum once for a year, you even get a you get a five percent discount. On, on Patreon if you if you pay by the year instead of by the month. But again, it's totally optional, but I would be humbled and grateful if you would consider that uh, if, if, again, you are able to do so. You can find all the information for that on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast, And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And with that, let me thank... The Plaid and Maximum Plaid tier backers, those are two of the higher tiers on the Patreon. So on the Maximum Plaid side, the newest Maximum Plaid backers, Charles Galpin, Neil Weaver, and Ryan from Las Vegas, thank you all very much. In addition to the other Maximum Plaid backers, Pete White, Danny Nelson, Jonathan Wales, Fernando Cordero, Sean Neidig, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, and H. Jackson Wallace. Thank you all very much. And then the plaid crew is George Cassiopo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Walton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, uh, pardon me, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Ron Lee, John Cody, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Will Stedman, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversoll, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Eric St. Pierre, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, and Scott Gillis. Thank you all very sincerely as heading into 2021 here for your continued support of the podcast on Patreon. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, that's a, that's a free thing. That's not a money thing. Uh, that can be done on any of your favorite podcast services, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which is, yes, in your Tesla, Spotify, which, yes, also in your Tesla, or on uh, audio, just the audio only on YouTube, but you can listen there as well. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, lest you come up with Metallica songs and albums, which, hey, that's not such a bad thing either. But if you're looking for me, throw the word Tesla into your search. For a, uh, yeah, snoring, still snoring, Daisy the Boxer. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. I'll tell you, I'm, in a, I'm feeling great heading into 2021. I've had a great New Year's Day. I feel really good about the podcast this week. You know, like I said, it's doing this every single week. Even I know I'm not 
so naive to not, there are going to be episodes that are not as good as others. I'm always going to try and make an awesome show, but sometimes maybe my energy is not there. Maybe I stumbled here and there, whatever it is. But I'll tell you, I feel really good about this episode. I've had a great day to start my 2021 today, home with my family, and I'm just humbled and grateful to head into, I guess, what is now the seventh calendar year, the seventh calendar year of this podcast, which is wild because I started in August of 2015. So that is pretty cool. And again, this is going to be such a fun Tesla year, particularly there's just going to be more and more momentum that builds as it goes to as we get towards as we get towards the Plaid S and we get towards Giga Berlin opening up with the new, you know, structural battery Model Y, and we get towards the semi-truck, and then, of course, the Cybertruck. So it is going to be so much fun. I hope you'll stick with me. I hope uh, you have enjoyed your hour plus of listening to the show this week. And with that, I need to stop talking because your time is valuable. I got to let you go. Happy electric motoring, my friends. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021, and I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla... It's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.